Boogity, 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 let's talk race, and welcome to episode three of the Breaking Balls podcast. Um, whoa, 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 isn't it episode one? No, 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 episode one and two both got disqualified, so episode episode three is episode one now. Welcome to Pocono. Welcome to Pocono, baby. Uh, what a weekend for NASCAR fans, as we saw a very clear winner cross the line, and we saw... Kyle Busch coming second place, Denny Hamlin coming first, Chase Elliott coming third, only for roughly two hours after the race, NASCAR to get on Twitter and reply to every single form of media they posted throughout the day to inform us that Chase Elliott was indeed the winner of the race due to disqualification. Chase Elliott, uh, big victory lane speech, and uh, actually he was probably landing in Dawsonville by the time that uh, he found out the news. I wonder if they did the siren uh, once they found out that the, the news happened, that uh, Mr. Elliott had actually been the winner. Uh, How do you think they reacted down at the pool hall? <laughs> sure that uh, the folks that were still there were happy. <laughs> I'm shocked that NBC didn't have the live feed as soon as they, they declared Chase Elliott the winner. You know what this means? You mean This means that everyone at the pool hall is going to wait until post-race inspection every single weekend, just in case Chase might win. We'll get the siren rolling. I love that. The best part is, is NASCAR fans like us will hold out hope till the very last minute, strictly because one time at Pocono, not only did the first place driver get disqualified, but the second place car got disqualified. I mean, golly, NASCAR just never ceases to amaze me with how they handle some of these things. We still don't even know what it is. We're assuming from Denny Hamlin's video that it had to do with a clear piece of tape. Uh, because that's what he put on the Eagle. Um, doesn't look like Chase is going to get the trophy or the champagne, but Chase is just fine with that. And Man, I, I just – NASCAR really keeps fumbling the bag with their rulings and understanding how to, how to let people know what's going on. It's, they're in a tough spot here because, you know, obviously if the Joe Gibbs cars cheated like they said they did, and if they're not appealing this, obviously they're not going to fight it something happened you know this tape whether it, they said it was on like the the front fascia the corner i'm not sure if it messed with the arrow or whatever but uh, you know if, if obviously if somebody's cheating like that and it's it's obvious enough to, they, they they were caught you got to punish them i get it it's just it, it it sucks as a fan that you know you you kind of spend three hours of your time watched a great race great storyline throughout the race um just kind of i don't want to say be taken away from you because it didn't matter you got you you have to watch a great race, but uh, the result at the end just kind of felt null and void and kind of left a, a bitter taste in your mouth from what should have been a great day. Yeah, and it's just funny because we've seen in the past to where, you know, you hear it all the time on Dale Jr. download all these stories of the older guys in NASCAR who got away with cheating and pushing the envelope. Well, not cheating. I, I can't call it cheating because they get mad. Well, you, know, you can. Pushing the, the envelope. What's pushing the, the envelope. Yeah, hey, well, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You know that goes. But, you know, I, I – I think to really see NASCAR drop the hammer like this is surprising, um, especially in the past year. They've, you know, they seem to have really tightened down on all sorts of uh, all sorts of the the rules violations, things like that. Um, in the past, they've been more lax. Um, I don't mind them being more strict. Um, definitely, you know, hopeful or a little more transparency in the future, um, consistency as they continue to do things this way, but. You know, I, it was a great race, um, really enjoyed the green flag race. And I thought there was a couple, few too many cautions up there in the beginning, but you know, that's to be expected first time in a new track with these new cars, um, just had some guys trouble spinning, but 
you know, when they were going green and going three wide, everything like that, it was exciting racing, man. And, you know, I know we talked about Denny. Um, Denny really kind of ran, had the full Pocono experience. I mean, hit the wall in lap one, spun himself out. And, I mean, my gosh, to then finally to get up and finish in front of the pack is incredible, but doesn't count. Denny had himself a day. He's the first guy to have his victory taken away since, what'd you say, it was 1960? So yeah, it's very unprecedented. Uh, Denny, for sure, is uh, going to remember this this race for as long as he rem- uh, as long as long he's alive. Just from the victory lane circle, you know, having his daughter there in that cool scene, having her with the victory flag, that was awesome. Uh, obviously, like he said on Twitter, you're not, you're not taking that away from her. Uh, so, look, I don't think he cares in the slightest that uh, the race is going to be uh, – th- that victory is taken away from him emotionally. At least. Now, points-wise, yeah, it's going to affect him a little bit, and uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the point standings. But that did really dramatically shift kind of the, the whole dynamic of the playoff picture. But uh, either way, uh, like I said, Denny is uh, – he's found a way to make history again. Denny Hamlin, man, I mean – NASCAR needs a headline, Denny delivers. I know, you know, I jokingly say it till the day I die, but. But you say headlines. We're forgetting about Kyle Busch here, who had all the headlines all week and he got DQ'd. You know, I cannot imagine he's feeling good. That video of him after with Coach Gibbs, kind of giving him the cold shoulder. I, I, I don't think there's too much into that, but still not a good look. Yeah. I mean, I think that was more Kyle Busch coming in second place than anything. I think, you know, Obviously, the contract talks are what they are. I think um, I think it's it's a very weird scenario um, to where both sides definitely want to get a deal done. It's just a matter of can Kyle Bush can they find funding to get Kyle Bush what Kyle Bush believes he is worth and what not only Kyle Bush believes he's worth but what Joe Gibbs believes he's worth. So, just a matter of finding a sponsor for that card. But wanted to take us back really quickly because uh, Denny Denny's of course in the headlines with a familiar face the. Uh, one car driver, <laughs> Ross Chastain, um, you know, they got into each other a little bit and, you know, it wasn't necessarily the, the massive retaliation we expected from Mr. Hamlin, but I think he did a masterful job of throwing a little bit of plausible deniability, took some room away without taking all of his room away. And, you know, I mean, I don't think you're going to catch anybody in the garage who's going to say anything to Denny Hamlin about doing that to Ross Chastain as the way Ross has been racing the past few weeks. Not at all. Not at all. On the, on the next episode of the young and the restless here with Denny and Ross, it's a, Oh, it's a saga in the Poconos. They're taking each other to the front row leading one and two 16 to go. And every single person that's either watching this race, that's in the stands, it's in the pit boxes. Everyone knew that something was going to happen. And Denny was a veteran driver here, didn't touch Ross really, you know, pushed him up the wall, but made Ross, you know, be the one that wrecked himself. And those are two guys that, uh, you know, obviously Ross is going to give 120% every single lap. And so Ross wasn't going to blink and Denny knew that and used that aggressiveness against him and really made Ross his own worst enemy by pushing him up into the wall and taking himself out. Yeah. And speaking of veteran drivers, poor Kevin Harvick, man, just getting caught in the crossfire there, having a great day for once in the season. Well, I can't say for once in the season, keeps run well all year. Poor guy just cannot get a finish. And that incident was indicative of his luck in the entire year. Harvick just gets his nose taken Yeah. Innocent bystander out there, nowhere to go. I just, you know, he was running what fourth or fifth at the time restarted on the second or third row. I mean, he was running top five, top 10 all day. Like you said, great day. And just, yeah, just snake bitten. Just cannot yeah. when he he needs these 
if he's not going to win, he really needs to win more than anything. But if he's not going to, needs top fives. And he's putting himself in position but cannot win, cannot finish. And these races that, you know, he gets to the third stage are null and void at this point. Yeah. And for somebody who didn't have that great of a day to somebody who really wasn't expected to even drive in this race, but got the call at 1 a.m., a little bit of sim time, old Ty Gibbs, ice in his veins, comes in, runs some good clean wraps through that. <laughs> laps through the Poconos and you know I don't know what I expected of Ty Gibbs in this race but a 15th place finish certainly wasn't it it was a Gibbs 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 weekend let me tell you what it Gibbs was all about it uh Ty with a, a great Xfinity performance battle no Grax on Saturday and then uh, obviously Kurt Busch having the wreck and and uh, practice qualifying on on Saturday they weren't really sure who was going to run on that car for Sunday. So Ty was in the simulator. I read at like 1 a.m. trying to somewhat prepare for this. Uh, again, he's wearing Kurt Busch's fire suit. To, so for 19 years old to be thrown into the ringer, driving a Michael Jordan car, 19 years old, driving from Michael Jordan in your cup start, your cup career start, uh, to have that poise to, to not only have a clean race, but to get better every single lap and ultimately outrun a couple of guys that, really are on the hot seat. It, it's, it's really impressive to see him run 15th, 16th today. It was, uh, it was cool to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like an Austin Dillon or a, uh, a, you know, Cole Custer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, but yeah, Cole Custer is the one that really comes to mind when you're thinking about this. I mean, not that Ty Gibbs is going to jump into a, you know, a seat right now or anything, but the end of the day, it's got to make some team owners look and say, hey, if we can get a 19-year-old do some of this, you know, take a chance on a guy paying below less money, what, what's the point of keeping some of these guys around if they're not going to get us some results? You know, I didn't notice this until I'm actually just kind of just kind of looking at the, the running order here. Uh, Ty Gibbs outran every single Penske car. Every single one of them. Joey Logano was the next closest in 20th, five spots back. Uh, so really impressive for Ty. Yeah, All things considered. A heck of a start. I mean, like you're saying, to be able to step onto the big stage with almost no warning, that was the big thing. And no prep time. And that was just Ty Gibbs being himself, coming out, being the person that he actually is. And really, the moment wasn't too big for him. He ran good, clean laps. And that's really, that's really all that was needed of him. And got the job done, got the experience, and he'll move forward with like I said, bad experience. And, and that's a big show that, like you said, to be thrown in there. A part of being an athlete, a professional athlete, is being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Everyone always says that, but nobody really knows what it means. That, I think, is a great example of getting thrown in. You have no clue that you're going to be driving a cup car and then just blink of an eye, hey, throw on Kurt suit, get out there. So yeah. to, to, to show up and not only, like I said, run a clean laps, but uh, I'll run some guys like Joe Gagano and uh, you know, Harrison Burton, Kevin Harvick, Chris Buescher. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, very impressive performance, Ty Gibbs. Uh, you know, moving on here, uh, as I was watching the race, you know, a lot of guys spinning, hitting the wall, and uh, really backing it into the wall. And brings up an interesting point of discussion because, uh, you know, we've heard some rumors about this car being a little bit stiff when it hits the wall and trans, you know, and that forces kind of being translated a lot into the driver's head and neck area. Um, be interesting to see what NASCAR does with that moving forward. Um, what are your thoughts generally on safety, on the safety of 
how do how do how do we do something about this? How does NASCAR go about making sure that these impacts are less when they happen to these drivers? Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, this is the first year of the new car, so look, they're getting some kinks out. Obviously, the car is is safe, as you can see. That there's been flips. There's been some really hard hits, um, and these drivers have come away unscathed. So. Um, it's interesting, though, like you said, the head and neck, you know, Kurt Busch, obviously, this weekend's the latest example, um, allegedly concussed, you know, it didn't pass protocol. Uh, we hope he's OK. I, they haven't said if he's going to race this weekend in Indianapolis or not yet, but um, not the first instance for sure. Ross Chastain, I remember it was a Vegas, California. It was one of the West Coast races, had a wreck in practice, and it, it, it made him so ill and so kind of just, you know, physically shaken up that he didn't even qualify the day. He, he started at the back of the field the next day. Um, there was a, a rumor that William Byron in, in winter testing, I think it was at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah, that's right. He had a really bad wreck, and nobody ever confirmed it. Some people were saying he was concussed, and nobody really ever fought that rumor. So, I mean, look, it, it, a couple times in less than a calendar year, I'm not saying that it's a, you know a pandemic here, but uh, it is alarming to see. And I, I'm sure that NASCAR has definitely got to a lot of people working on this because uh, not a not a good trend for sure. No, certainly not. Um, just something to keep an eye on. I think, you know, we're, you and I aren't the, uh, aren't the engineering types that can sit there and say, well, if you move the air, you know, we're not, we're not going to get into that type of analysis, but just something to keep an eye on moving forward. That is enough Dr. Bob and Dr. Adam for the podcast. <laughs> Amen. Uh, speaking of doctor um, or mechanics, nonetheless, um, do you think Spire Motorsports has any cars left? at this point they are that's a, <laughs> that's a good that's a good question they are rolling through them at a at an alarming rate at the uh the end of this regular season i know the last couple of weeks they've been tearing them up Corey LaJoy in that summer slam car he was treating it like a wrestler he was you know getting a couple bumps uh he was full sending it uh, off the wall at pocono yeah uh, he uh i thought he was gonna end up getting pile driven into the wall that summer slam car always good when our loves come together you know bob and i both grew up bob and i both grew up as wwe fans so we always i saw that summer slam car i was like oh it's one of those liveries that makes you smile it just pops it makes you smile like you said it's uh it just uh brings you back yeah um into penalties a little bit we'll talk talk some penalties before we started recording um we got word that Michael McDowell is going to be receiving a hundred point penalty for modifying a can't remember the exact, you can't modify it. It's a stock part that they send you. They modified it. They're getting penalized hundred points. Makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. You make it seem a lot easier than NASCAR does. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's all it is. I mean, they're going to come out, they're going to be vague and be like, Oh, it was in the front panel of a car. And it's I hate like, that right, for Michael. Look- I hate that yeah. for Michael. They've been running really good. I think they're what twenty first in the points before this penalty. I mean, yeah. realistically, with you know Daytona coming up, two more road courses. I'm not saying he had a shot, but he had a shot. It, all you need hard. is a fighting chance. All you need is a fighting chance. And Michael I mean, McDowell, what nine top tens this year? It's, you're they've telling run me well. that's the thing. You're telling me a veteran like Michael McDowell can't go to a road course and just maybe squeak out a win. You never know. I mean, especially with the way that these next gen cars are running. I mean everybody's on an equal playing field. Why couldn't the veteran win a race and see what happens? So it doesn't kill him, but hate to see that. Hate to see that just because like I said, those guys have been running well. Hopefully it doesn't affect them too much as far as performance moving forward. Um, just because I think it knocked them to 26. They still have a shot to make it. I think you have to be top 
was it 25 points? I, it's something like yeah, that. Something I, like I, that. I, it's, we'll ask Bob Parker. Somebody tweet him. But um, yeah. they weren't the only ones with penalties, though. I did see uh, Petty GMS also had a couple of fines and uh, suspensions for uh, for their guys. Uh, just NASCAR is not messing around when it comes to teams modifying parts. They're, you know, they're especially before the playoffs. I think that's the most important thing is that they're showing before the playoffs that if you try and get any kind of competitive advantage, whether it be tape with Gibbs under the under the vinyl wrap, if it's any sort of manufacturing parts like Petty or, you know, uh, uh, Roush Fenway, it's just a mouthful to even say to think about now. <laughs> but uh, any of those teams, they, they're going to make examples of you and they're going to say that, you know, we're not going to let you get away with this. If we find it, we're going to make sure that you pay for it. And uh, yeah. I think all these teams have got to be on alert. Yeah, I think uh, was Petty's the issues with the with the rocker boxes. I believe the rocker box. Yeah, whatever yeah, the rocker box yeah. is. Yeah, not exactly sure. You know, go ahead and tweet us if you know, or uh, hit us up on Instagram if you understand what a rocker box is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I on one hand, you know, we talked about this already. But on one hand, happy to see NASCAR enforcing things. On the other hand, I like seeing guys get away with things every now and again. But I mean, it's I love. Line. I will say, I love the people on Twitter talking about, well, how big of an advantage does a piece of tape give you? Did you see the way those Gibbs cars took off? Man, I mean, it was, I think, I remember it was probably like the eighth lap or something. I was watching some of the Gibbs cars go around. Oh my gosh, they got a step. Like, it looked like they had, it looked like an athlete that had a step. Mm-hmm. And that's when you knew. And then, you know, so when things came up. Not surprised, Kyle Busch but... was just miles above everyone for a lot of the race. It was, it was, it, they, uh, whether it was, they nailed the package or whatever, they, their cars were faster. No doubt. Yeah. Amen. Uh, you know, Bob, speaking of Kyle Busch, um, he had a lot of headlines this week. Yeah. A lot of headlines this week. A lot of, uh, a lot of talks about, you know, where is Kyle Busch going to be driving next year, whether that be with Gibbs or, you know, who could afford him, that type of thing. There's all sorts of discussions around Kyle Busch and, you know, that being said, uh, my co-host sent me a text message earlier and said that there was a pretty interesting attendee of the race at Pocono last Sunday. And uh, Bob, you want to you want to go ahead and let everybody know who we, who was at Pick the race? Pick me. Pick me. I know. I know who it was. I know who was uh-huh. there. It was uh, it was uh, Mr. Gene Haas. Uh, if, if that last name rings a bell, uh, owner of Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, for the Ford camp over the cup series. So Gene does not go to a lot of races. I want to be very clear. He has a lot of different entities, whether it be F1 or all of his different motorsports teams that he owns. So for him to show up at the Pocono race was interesting, uh, especially with all of this timing going on and just kind of makes you wonder, you know, where is Kyle Busch going? And, you know, I think in a minute here, we can go through some of the options here, but um, weird timing, Adam. Yeah, certainly. I mean, like you're saying with, with Kyle Busch, the question becomes, because Kyle Busch is, you know, without a doubt, bona fide top four star at NASCAR, not, probably top, top two even. That being said, Kyle Busch is going to demand to get paid like that. And there's only a few entities in NASCAR that can pay him, Joe Gibbs being one, but that financing's up in the air with, you know, obviously with Mars leaving the sport. Hendrick, but all the seats are full and... I mean, realistically, unless something goes crazy and they decide to 
quit on Alex Bowman this early. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Bowman's up and Bowman's contracts up for two years. That's a heavy buyout. It's just exactly. It just doesn't make sense. There's and, really nothing. Uh, yeah, Kyle Bush was at Hedrick Motorsports to start his career. We really got, are we really going to open that wound up? We've, we've done this before. Um, we've, we've done this dance. Yes. We've, we've seen this song or dance, but you know, then obviously you look at Penske as an option, but Blaney Cindric, who's young, Tim Sendrick's son, who's one of the heads of Penske, and then Logano, who's their their anchor. No chance. No chance. And they're not gonna <laughs> and they're not gonna buy another they're not gonna buy another charter right now. I don't think so. No chance. Nobody I don't think anybody's really looking for charters until they understand what the new media deal looks like. So yeah. So that being said, is one other team. Yeah, Stuart Haas really is the one that makes sense. And even that doesn't make sense. For a I lot mean, of reasons. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the nightmare scenario of what if Kevin... Well, I mean, imagine Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch trying to get along in that garage. That's Kevin Harvick's not garage. It's Kevin Harvick's garage. Then just even if it's not two veteran drivers that are very different personalities, uh, both... Uh, what's the word here? Ill-tempered at times uh, when provoked... Hot-headed. Yes, yes, yes. Especially in their younger days, uh, those two would not have gotten along very well in the same garage. So Kevin Harvick, not, I mean, not going to give up that spot there. Eric Amarola's seat is apparently open, but is not because just everyone's talking like he's coming back. So who the heck knows at the 10 spot? And then Cole Custer's spot at the 41, that's the rumor that that is open. That is Gene Haas's money slosh fund car. So look, could he go there? Yes. That seat is open and Gene could afford him. But there's so many reasons why, like you said, Harvick. There's there's two other reasons that I think come to mind big time, Adam. Competitiveness. Stuart Haas this year has been I'm gonna go on a rant for a minute here, so get comfy. Stuart Haas this year has been abysmal when it comes to performance. I, Chase Briscoe has been the best car out of all of them. He showed some speed at the beginning, but has been just nowhere to be found now. He's one, he's I think lowest in playoff points for winning drivers. I, I you know Harvick has you know been snake bitten, but you know, hasn't won in two years, so I'm not really worried about that. And then there's Cole Custer, the darling of this show. Um, I love Cole, you know, friend of the podcast, but uh, not cutting it. Just uh, has has been a complete failure this year, to to put it lightly. So they're not competitive. Why would Kyle Busch go to a team that is not competitive just for the payday? Well, obviously, yeah, money. But uh, at his age, he wants to win. He's in the prime of his career and wants to win. And here's the other reason, Adam, and I don't think people are thinking about this one. I'm going to put a big brain on. Toyota's big development camp is in the truck series, and it's through Kyle Busch Motorsports. That is where they put all of their young drivers who really they want to see what they're about and see if they have a future in, in driving through the truck series. And are they really going to let Kyle Busch walk and lose that development series too? Kyle Busch is tied to Toyota more than any other driver to any other manufacturer. And so I just, I will see it when I believe it, that he leaves. Yeah. I, I truly think if there's ever a scenario where a manufacturer would step in and say, Hey, you know, we cannot lose Kyle Busch. We are going to pony up some money. We're going to help you guys pay Kyle Busch. Um, I could maybe see that happening, but then the problem is, is drivers will start to expect it. So it sets a dangerous precedent for manufacturers. But 
That being said, if there is a guy that moves this needle, it's Kyle Busch. I mean, Kyle Busch really is the one guy who can do the rest of his drivers a real service here if he if he sticks to his guns and the negotiation tactics here. Because like you said, what money does Kyle Busch really need right now? I mean, obviously he wants to race. He needs a ride. But as far as money, he's good. So let's see how they'll negotiate to get Kyle Busch's money this time. And like I said, if that means some of it is coming from Toyota, so be it. But it'd be crazy. I don't know. I just, I don't see it happening, but. There's also the scenario that he doesn't race at all next year or that he races only trucks. But I just, I really, I don't see that. I I, I I have a hard time seeing that. Too competitive of a guy. Um, I would, you know, in thinking of your development, your big brain development talk there, I think the other thing we need to think about is, you know, okay, so Kyle Busch walks. Does Toyota then change its model and try and maybe get out of some of the truck series stuff? I mean, we've heard criticisms of the truck series that have come out and basically said, look, this is getting to be like Arca, where it's absolute bumper cars out there, bumper trucks. And not a place that you want to send a guy to or guy or girl, you know, to, to learn how to drive. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Toyota does moving forward. If the Kyle Busch domino falls, but that being said, all the dominoes, Stuart Haas though. Oh, huge dominoes are still in place. All we need is somebody to come walking by and hit. And uh, I know it's never been really confirmed, but uh, a couple of years ago when Kyle Larson was a free agent after all that saga and, uh, you know, teams were kind of kicking the tires on him. Tony Stewart was about to sign him for Stuart Haas and Ford was the one that vetoed that. So is Tony Stewart going to let another champion quality driver get away from Stuart Haas racing? That's something to watch. Again, like I said, I don't I don't believe Kyle Busch is leaving that 18 car until I see it. But this week did make it feel a little bit more real than uh, it has before 100 percent um kind of a small thing to talk about really quick bob but uh how about the uh how about the dewalt dewalt being on the 19 i like that i like that it's nice but uh it just reminds me of matt kenseth on the 17 and it was the same thing last week with martin truex running the darn interstate batteries car on the 19 it should be on the 18 it's just i did not i'll say that much though i did not like that I was triggered some, by it. That guy, that, up. that made me, yep, I I was having trouble with that one. And even the commentary mentioned it. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, moving forward, uh, we're at Indy this week, huh? We're at Indy this week, a double header. They're sharing the uh, the paddock. The, the paddock at Indy. It's not a garage, by the way. Just no, for I, you uncultured folks out there who don't watch uh, Open Wheel. Pinky, it's the the paddock is being shared with IndyCar. They're they're doing a double header up there at uh, Roger Penske's playground, uh, but the road course, not the brickyard. So uh, we're doing this again. Hopefully the curves don't uh, murder half the field like last year because uh, that was that was the thing that I remember more than anything from the race was that. And then of course Denny Hamlin and Chase Briscoe's whole altercation that led to AJ Allmendinger winning, which was kind of like this week for third place just kind of fell into first. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Denny Hamlin in an altercation. What are you going to do? 
the time is a flat circle is what they say, right? Yep. So, uh, Bob, I think you know this about me, um, partially because um, gambling is not legal in the great state of California. And uh, Bob lives in, in Tennessee where sports gambling is legal. So uh, Bob has to place wagers on my behalf. Um, <laughs> I have been pretty into Kyle Larson as of late. Incredibly into Kyle Larson. Is this the week that Kyle Larson breaks through? It's interesting because uh, um, we'll talk about the playoff standings here in a few, but um, you know, Larson has not run awful this year. He, he He's, I think, fourth or fifth in the actual point standings, but only one win, and it was out in, I think, California. Uh, it was, a, you know, months ago, three, four months ago. He's got to be due at some point, you'd think. I mean, he's one of the best drivers in the world. That being said, Chase Elliott has really kind of stolen his thunder and has gone on kind of a tear that, you know, Larson has went on this time last year. So um, I'm really interested to see how Larson bounces back at a road course. It's usually one of his better tracks, um, road course styles. But, um, <laughs> you know, Larson hasn't hasn't really given me a reason to think he's going to win the last couple of weeks. No, certainly not. I think uh... – you know, MGM, MGM placed a bet or gave me an option this week that I love with the, uh, the Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott to both finish in the top three. And, you know, I just missed that by a couple spots, but. Oh, it looked man. good in the first stage. They were one, two for a little bit. You were thinking, okay, I might make a little money today. And yeah, um, no, that's not, that's not my lot in life, Robert. I think I will. <laughs> we'll say Cliff Daniels coming back does help the team for sure. Having him back on the crew box is, is huge. Um, I, I, I don't want to say they were lost out there, but, um, having someone like him just kind of calm Larson down and just, uh, be that presence over the team, uh, should, should at least, uh, smooth things over moving forward and hopefully have them competing for more wins. Amen. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you really can't underestimate how important a crew chief is. I mean, just to have that continuity up on the pit box, I, you know, it just, that sense of direction really, I think, I think Kyle may be feeling a little bit uncomfortable or was uncomfortable with this situation. Hopefully with Crucian coming back gets more comfortable. And hopefully as we make the run towards the playoffs here, we can see Mr. Larson step up and maybe hit, make me hit some of my bets. If I keep betting Kyle Larson. At some point you're going to have to hit one. Amen. So moving on, um, like I said, we're kind of headed towards the part of the year where we got to start taking a look at the playoff picture. Time flies when you're having fun. But uh, there's some drivers on here who may not be having such a good time considering where they're at in the playoff picture. Up, up. Kevin Harvick. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, no, that's uh, a lot of guys, not just Kevin Harvick. Martin Truex is sweating right now. He's. They were saying that uh, a couple weeks ago he was not worried at all. He didn't think he would have to win to get in. And then I think Christopher Bell winning probably lit that, that, uh, that fuse that uh, panic. It's time to panic because mm-hmm. – uh, you're going to have to win to get in, or you're going to be sweating at Daytona. And the craziest part about this whole thing is that at the end of the day, they were, it's just at the beginning, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to gather my thoughts here, but at the beginning of the year, everybody in the media was, oh, is this year that we see 16 different winners? And that sense of urgency has seemingly been there all year. 
but it's almost as if some of the, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it seems like it's been there, but you know, as far as inside the garage area, it seems to just now be catching up with some of these guys that, Oh crap, I better get my win or I need to, you know, I, I think I need to catch one here to make sure I get in the playoffs. And if we're really going to be talking about guys sweating, I mean, Ryan Blaney has not won yet. And, you know, realistically, Truex has been running really well lately, and Blaney hasn't been, Penske hasn't been. That gap is only, I think, 20 points, roughly. I'm not saying that, you know, Blaney's going to fall out of the playoff spots here, but he can't be feeling comfortable. No, Especially with some of these tracks coming up, Michigan, which is basically a super speedway, two road courses, which... You know, you never know what you're going to get there. And then, of course, Daytona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, have fun. Speak. Just Speak there's me. there's way too many wild cards here, Adam. I, I would not feel comfortable if I was Blaney, Truex, Harvick. I, I think Cindric's okay just because I don't think we're going to see more than 16 winners. I think those guys are going to be okay. But um, as far as bubble guys, if you haven't won, I would not feel good. Yeah, hell of a time to be Chase Elliott, though. I mean, my God, he has surmounted himself as the favorite. I think uh, head I and mean, shoulders. I mean, I, he's a hundred five points ahead of anybody close closest to him. I think the next guy close to him, Ross Chastain. I mean, that's that's insane. hundred I mean, points. He he's locked up the regular season. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, hundred percent. He could really go and cruise for the rest of the season. And and it's really interesting, just because I mean. <laughs> Chase is locked away with it. He, that basically gives him all those points for the playoffs. He's he's got a big cushion going in, and uh, you know we saw it with Larson last year. Really late, he he he. What he what did he do? He kind of relied on those points, especially at Talladega toward the end of the year, where it got tight at the top. He needed those playoff points that kind of gave him a cushion. And uh, having that win overturned for Denny really really screws him because that would have been his third one of the year. Would have had him for the second seed for the playoffs. Uh, instead, it puts him right back down to, uh, what is it, the sixth seed, seventh seed? Uh, gives Chase four wins and really gives him this, that, that big lead. I mean, it's changed the whole dynamic. Yeah, well, you heard Denny say it. I mean, he was saying, you know, talking about the penalty and, and what it would have been. He said, you know, I, I would have rather taken the penalty that the six and the 17 got earlier in the year with the 100 points and let me keep my win. Mm-hmm. I mean, the I mean, the win means more to him right now than anything. Like you're saying, just to get him up and and give him that cushion going into the playoffs. I mean, really, uh, an unfortunate situation for him to get disqualified. But you know, that's rules of letter of the law, rules of the game. That's all it is. So really, is telling though, Denny saying that that uh, those wins are that important compared to that hundred points that uh, some of those guys like uh, McDowell and Keselowski really would probably cling to. But uh, I think all these guys would probably take the win at this point. Amen. You know, it'd be interesting to see as they uh, as they share the paddock here. Um, a boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some IndyCar, which is not something I usually do. I'll, I'll admit it. Um, the only time, so IndyCar is how I got into racing, believe it or not. So I used to go to the Long Beach Grand Prix every year. My grandpa used to get us tickets. Um, I used to go to go, you know, go to breakfast, everything. I, I've got great memories of going to Long Beach Grand Prix and stuff like that. I don't watch a ton of IndyCar now. I'm going to give him a chance this weekend. What should I be, you know, as the casual racing fan? or the NASCAR fan turned casual IndyCar fan, what are things that I should be looking out for, Bob? What do you think I need to have on my radar going into this weekend? 
Yeah, so I obviously not a an IndyCar expert by any means here. I, I, I dabble in it. I'm more of an F1 man myself. But uh, the biggest thing for me is Colton Herta. He's he's a fantastic driver to watch. Very young. Uh, he's in his early 20s. Uh, he's actually been signed to McLaren's F1 team as a test driver. So um, a very fun driver to watch. And then Jimmy Johnson, of course, uh, finished fifth in the uh, Iowa race this weekend, the second Iowa race. So. Uh, starting to get a little bit more footing in IndyCar. Uh, it's always fun to watch Jimmy try something different. And as much as it sucks to see him struggle, I, I it's fun to see him get better. And I think he's finally feeling a little bit more confident. So um, IndyCar is really deep when it comes to the field. There's a lot of fun drivers, not a lot of uh, um, just, you know, guys running away with it. It's uh, yeah. a lot of parody. A lot of parody. That's exciting. And plus, anytime you get to see Jimmy Jobs behind the wheel of any race car, it's something to behold so i'm just excited i'm, I'm good good to see jim grayson you know yeah wish he'd get yes. back in the stock car eventually but here we are so uh anything else you've got on the uh, on the show sheet here bob no not really adam i mean uh it's gonna be a good weekend at indy i think uh we got indycar and nascar in at uh, indianapolis f1 is at uh, the hungary ring so uh be waking up early for that. Uh, I know you probably won't be, but uh, we'll get you. We'll get you. We'll get you on the European side one day. You, <laughs> listen, listen. It started with NASCAR. It's gonna. It's gonna dabble and listen. It started with my family. I've got my mom watching the moms now. It, it's just. Oh. It's a slippery slope, my friend. Nah, you know that's that's pretty early wake up time to watch that race and stuff like that. Um, you know, Bob. Quick story, real quick. Uh, I was on a. Uh, I was can't really call it a vacation but uh i was i had to end up going on maui for a wedding you know had to being the keywords there we'll call it a vacation yeah we'll call it a vacation um so yeah we stayed up uh towards the north shore and uh on my way to the hotel i looked to my left and uh do you know there's a full dirt track on maui and a drag strip no, there's they not. Got a, yes, there is. They got a full, you got to go look at, look at it on Google Maps real quick. I was looking and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I don't know much. I was like, but that's a drag strip. I was like, I definitely know that's a drag strip. And then I, like, I was like, okay, I wonder if they got a dirt track or something. Cause they said stock car racing. And I was like, what? I was like, get out of here. I was like, no. So sure enough, go on Google maps. Got a full quarter mile dirt ring. <laughs> it's awesome. This place is awesome. I, you know, I was sad they were having a race on the Saturday, but we were taking off. Uh, I was gonna say, and, did you were you there for a night when no, they raced? Sadly, they were doing a Saturday night race, and we were taking the Saturday night red eye out. But uh, you know, I have to put I'll put the name of the uh, of the racetrack in the show description. Give them a big shout out. It was really cool to see, man. See that they're out there and they're racing and they're having fun over there, going around the dirt track. That's cool to see, though. You would not expect going somewhere, you know, like like the Big Island and. You know, racing culture is still out there. No matter where you go, there's always something like that. That's cool, man. I was uh, I was even messing around with people that uh, that the uh, Hawaii Hawaii and the American South ain't all that different. <laughs> the weather's a little bit better, but I mean, as far as being proud of where you come from, everything like that, there's a lot of a lot of Hawaiian pride. A lot, just the same way there's a lot of Southern pride. Hey, Norm, making... Ch- Norm Chow has coached at both. Amen. Yeah, well, Adam, before, before we wrap this up, I have to I have to get your prediction for the weekend at Indianapolis. Give me a race winner, my friend. I'll give you one, but uh, give me a race winner and maybe a long shot. 
Okay, so as far as race winner, we're riding it until it hits, baby. We're getting on the Kyle Larson train, and we're never getting off. He's got to hit eventually. He's got to hit eventually. I think. Uh, I think you know, road course. I, I I think I've kind of you know really really hit the old machine gun on Kyle Larson as of late, but I think this is the bullet that's finally going to hit. I think if not next week, we are not picking Kyle Larson, which means he will win. And as far as a long shot goes for me, um, I don't know, maybe uh, my idol, my hero in life, Cody Ware. Cody Ware. The man I aspire to be. I'm just going to go ahead and say this outright right now. If Cody Ware somehow wins at Indianapolis this Sunday, we're doing an emergency podcast on Sunday night. I'll, f- we're... I'll, I'll fly to Tennessee. I okay. will fly to Nashville. We'll, we'll do an emergency podcast live from Broadway, uh, and we'll just uh, we'll celebrate Cody Ware's win. All right, Bob. What about you? What's your prediction for the weekend? Indianapolis road course. Uh, I don't want to do Larson, even though that feels like it, he's going to have a bounce back week. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I think he's going to come out pissed off. He had a great race last year, had it basically stolen from him. And uh, I don't know. I feel like Denny Hamlin's going to show a little bit of uh, some adversity just coming back from that. And uh, for my long shot, he's been really good on road courses this year. Would not be shocked. And this is actually Bob's bet of the week. Uh, Top five, Chris Buescher, I think, might be uh, up there for contention. Keep an eye out. We love the 17 car. Well, that wraps it up for episode three, turned episode one of the Breaking Balls podcast. For Adam O'Shea, my co-host Bob Perry, you guys have a good one.